Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't. Are Smokey's headphones not plugged in? I didn't hear the music. Yeah, they're plugged in. Oh, we're turned down a little bit. Okay, we're good. All right, God, gosh. How much, that, how much of the, that got on the air? Yeah, right? I was sitting here. Like, what the hell? I was sitting waiting for the open to play, and I'm looking. <laughs> like, okay, it was one o'clock. One o'clock. But hey, welcome to the triple option. I knew it was close to one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just like, figured something. Okay, well, we now we know. Yeah. Paul Catalina, Stephen Simcox here in that great, fantastic professional open. But yep. just to get this thought out of my brain, it has it's neither here or there. But I was just looking and, you know, um, there's a, a college basketball star who's the number one prospect in the 2025 recruiting mm -hmm. class, A.J. Dibansa. I'm not going to say that right. I'm sorry, A.J. But he's like reclassified to 25 because he was 26. And every time I see that, I'm like, did we all go to high school way too long? <laughs> <laughs> like, how like how quickly could I have been in the workforce? I uh, I don't really understand football recruiting that well, but mm -hmm. as as I've gotten into media more, it's it's something that I've realized. Like, okay, I need to know more about this, so I've started to figure it out. Paul, I don't have any idea about basketball recruiting. Like, yeah. everybody's reclassifying. You know, everybody only takes three or four players a class. Yeah. And I just it it is completely overwhelming to me. I'm just like, oh, okay, this guy's gonna be in the NBA in two years. That's good to know. Yeah, he's like the number one pick in 2026. But yeah, everybody reclassifies. People don't go to high school, and we see this in football too. Like IMG Academy is a thing, but everybody goes to like some charter basketball school. Yeah. So it's like this guy's from McKinney, but he plays his high school ball in Virginia at Oak Hill or yeah. whatever it is. And so, yeah. And also, because I'm a TCU fan, I don't need to know a lot about basketball recruiting <laughs> <laughs> because it's not something that we're really participating in too you don't, much. You don't want to get excited only to be like, oh, well, that was a good season. <laughs> that was fine. What about that big time recruit that we had? You know, no, no, I, I get it. It's just, it's one of those things that makes me wonder, like, oh, are we, are we, are we, have we wasted time in high school or, or three years of high school, maybe not enough. <laughs> and th this will get paid out on the back end when he's no longer a basketball player. And somebody asks him, asks him where, um, you know, Madagascar is. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have a kid in your class that was like above his grade level or yeah. like skipped, skipped a few grades or something yeah, like once, that? But yeah. Okay. I went to just one. I had, a, you know, I'd, I'd more like actually the, the one I had. Um, I had one in my class whose parents intentionally held him back so he would be better at sports. Okay. Yeah. That's that's well, that's a discussion for probably another day. Yeah. I, I'm not going to mention his name because he's he's actually somewhat kind of notable. Oh, okay. Uh, good and bad, but uh, but yeah, he's. But it worked. Like it worked for his parents. Worked out great for him uh, until it didn't. You good know. To know. But, yeah. So yeah, he was a, he was a basketball player, but yeah, he. Um, Anyway, uh, I'll tell you who it was in the break. <laughs> Let's play 20 questions in segment two, and yeah. we'll just get to the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Yeah. Um, maybe he doesn't want people to know that. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen him in 20 years, but maybe he doesn't want people to know. I bet he know. watches the triple option, though, <laughs> and he's just fuming right now. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so, anyway, Stephen, uh, let's, let's start out uh, in your lane of expertise. Um, it's pretty before we go field. to the before we go to the week seven rundown. Okay, what's up with TCU, man? I mean, this was a topic last week when you were on the screen here mm -hmm. uh, because they against West Virginia just did not look like themselves completely. Yep. And then last week in Ames, they got physically manhandled. Yes, that was that was the the most shocking thing to me. It was not that 
Iowa State can upset somebody in Ames. They've mm-hmm. done that quite a bit. It's a hard place to play. It really is. Even when they're really, really bad, and this Iowa State team is clearly just kind of average, but maybe getting a little bit better and overcoming those things, that was the perfect Matt Campbell game. But that TCU would get, even with the backup quarterback playing as much as he did, get that beat up in, in Ames. They lost by two scores to a man named Rocco Becht, which yeah. sounds like a person in like the seventh year of a Madden franchise, just a <laughs> random player. Oh, hey, Rocco Becht's my running back now. Um, yeah, it was bad. I mean, so first off, I mean, I feel for Chandler Morris. Like he suffered the same injury he did last year. Knee injury. Looks like he's going to be out for uh, at least a month is what Sonny Dykes said. Um, but they were already down 17-7 to seven when that happened. Yeah. They weren't playing well. And they're now three and three. They've got a backup QB coming in. And I really like Sonny Dykes. I think like this, it was obviously a good hire. He did an amazing job in year one. But at the same time, this has been a pretty big failure by this coaching staff. They've like they lost Saturday and it wasn't really close, but they also lost two really winnable games to Colorado and West Virginia. Yeah. And so now like you're fighting for bowl eligibility with a young QB. And Paul, this isn't a team like their defense is okay. And they, they kind of have a bend-but-don't-break style. And that works if you have a robust offense that scores 30 points a game. Which they were planning on. Which is what they are planning on. They're not doing that. Now the offense is going to be more limited. And so I don't know if they have the formula to scratch out six wins. And it's not the first time we've seen something like this. Like I remember Texas, after losing the national title game to Alabama, they had a lot of turnover. They finished five and seven. Like LSU in 2020 had a very rocky year after that incredible team. But – like this was supposed to be the manageable, easy part of the schedule, yeah. and you've you've come out with a 500 record. They make all kinds of mistakes. I, I think the biggest thing I'm wondering now is Sonny talked a lot last year about how he had all this great player leadership, and like they would come out, and a lot of times they would start slow, but they sort of found a way and dug deep and won games. And we all know they won a lot of close games. And so now I'm like, okay, so are you just not a good motivator? Like, is this Staff not great at getting the team prepared to play, and you sort of got bailed out last year with some talented players and really good leaders, and now that things have turned over on you, it's becoming a lot more difficult. Um, I don't know, but they've certainly fallen below expectations for what I had in mind this year. And, I mean, Josh Hoover, I think he's got some arm talent, but I don't see him coming in and fixing all their problems. Okay, let me let me throw this theory out. Okay. Um, they appear to me – very similar to 2022 Baylor in that for whatever reason, everything you brought back didn't work and everything you added just quit working. And now you see where Baylor is right now. Mm -hmm. TCU, you know, has like an even better season than 2021 Baylor did. Mm -hmm. That was the bet. Like each of them coming off their best season in school history. Um, no disrespect to what happened in the 1930s, but you know, come like, on, man. <laughs> I, I see, I say that, and they'll be like, Hey, Doak Walker's got something to say to you. And I'm like, Listen, if he crawls up out of his grave, mm-hmm. like, we'll talk, but well, and yeah. nobody cares, but like in 30, like, claiming national championships was just so different. Yeah. Like in 38, they lost their last game of the season to SMU, they beat Carnegie Mellon in the Sugar Bowl. And then the polls, one of the polls was just like, yeah, they were the number one team in the country, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like they, it wasn't even like they played a BCS game of sorts. It was just like, oh yeah, this is the best team. Yeah. Nobody really knew. I'll also tell you there was anything before about 1961 or two or 1964. uh, It's a kind of a completely different ball game, Mm -hmm. you know, post civil rights act. So there was something missing from all those teams. And again, like, yes, I understand it was hard, but it was so, so very different. Right. Um, to to have that to have that go on. Well, and in your point about twenty twenty two Baylor is good. And I, I wonder this because we're also seeing this with Oklahoma State now, and they, they're coming off a nice win against K State, but that's a very different team than yeah. you watched in ATT Stadium at yeah. the Big Twelve Championship. Um and there's been a lot of discussion since the Big Twelve has shifted and moved now. Okay, who's going to be the the next top dog? And like at the moment, Paul, it appears like nobody can sustain this year over year. Mm-hmm. Like you can have you can have teams that are like, okay, every three or four years we get our 
our development cycle going. We have a consistent coaching staff, a consistent system, and it'll be really good. But then the next season, even if you have a lot of people coming back and you add in the portal, it's still not working. And I don't know if that's good for the league or not. And maybe like – I mean, Utah is a pretty consistent program. Maybe they could fill that void. But well, I think we know who's – the odds on favorite right now to come in and take over the league as long as he's there – is the fighting Deion Sanders? Is, 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 is yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, he's going to bring in talent at a level that I don't think anybody else can. It's just a question of how long he's going to stick around. And, and well, how effective? Like how effective he can make all that? Like he's yes. going to have the same problems that every other big time coach mm-hmm. does. You know, how can he? You know, just having the like ask Texas, just having the best talent doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the league, right. but he's going to get guys that nobody else is, is getting. But is a parody-driven league, like, is that a good – can you spin that as a good thing or kind of nationally is that something that's like, okay, so you just have a bunch of teams that kind of play musical chairs every year as far as who's going to be the best? Yeah. I, I Like, I think that's what it's going to be. Because if you look at it, who is the team that has the – now that the two big, gigantic mm-hmm. – and, and even, like – Losing Nebraska and AM, like if you look at the teams that they've lost, because um, Colorado's coming back, Missouri doesn't count in this, but um, Nebraska and AM are gigantic big money schools. And it hasn't worked out for them in their new leagues, uh, much more for AM than it has for Nebraska, but mm-hmm. um, you know, big money schools, that, like they couldn't run and hide with their big money in the Big 12. Oklahoma and Texas could a little bit, like they could, especially Oklahoma had been. But who is the school that classically could be the third one in this league of the leftover, you know, of the leftover eight, and then the new ones that has the money to go away and hide, yeah. and you know, kind of bend the like, and also nobody can bend the rules to their will anymore. Like sure. everybody's on equal footing. So Oklahoma and Texas has kind of bent all the rules to their will a little bit, and because of that, they. Um, they were able to, to have this big stronghold on it. So I don't know if anybody's going to do that. Like Utah has won two big Pac-12 championships in a sure. row, but nobody in that league was running away and hiding with it for years and years and years. Like mm-hmm. it, the reason, part of the reason it fell apart is they, you know, failed to establish like a power vacuum. Yeah, yeah. So one of those things, and then, you know, like the teams coming in, like Utah's the only one who's won anything recently. Sure. You know, like is Arizona. Like when was the last time Arizona Arizona State won that conference? You know, Colorado never won it. Mm-hmm. You know, heck, they 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 played for Big Twelve titles, but they weren't exactly kings of this league when they were here. Like now, there's a different factor in that the most famous person ever is coaching them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they they yeah. don't. Taylor Swift is coaching their team. That's that that's the only fair comparison because no matter how good you are as a football coach, right? Like in college, you're only going to be so famous. Well, and, and that's not me sliding. Yes, that's not me sliding Dion's ability. It's just talking no, about the type of true. reach he has. He's, yeah, he's so famous. Yeah. Like, you can't, you know, like, the, he's fam- Like, Nick Saban is famous in his circles. Yes. But the minute he steps out of it, if something, like, there could, he, there could be tons of places he could go, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, that's Nick Saban. They'd be like, who? Right. You know, like, oh, he's a football coach. Yeah, oh, they're I not, didn't, I in didn't, New York, they're not they clamoring over Nick Saban. Yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't know. Deion Sanders... Even people who don't know sports at least know the name Deion mm-hmm. Sanders. Like he is like a slight level below like Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. Like he's not far below them in yeah. in, in recognizability. Like you know he would like he's in the top probably twelve recognizable famous mm-hmm. athletes of the last you know thirty years. Right. Right. So um, him notwithstanding, so Colorado they still have to do it though. He still has mm-hmm. to do it when he comes in. I mean, obviously he's going to get recruits over recruits over recruits over recruits. Like he's going to be recruiting next to every single big boy. So they probably have the best shot to do it, but they still have to. Yeah, they have to develop and, and do it well year over year. So I don't know. I mean, I think like a bunch of teams playing King of the Mountain that is going to be popular in college I, football circles. I, I think I think that's what Brett Yormark is kind of counting on. Mm-hmm. So that when he makes the next TV deal, he's like, listen. This league is like for television. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's stacked. Like yeah. it's it's stacked. It's up and down. Like you know, look basket. Like that's what he's trying to do for basketball. Is like, hey, it could it could flow in and out, and it could do all these different things. Like you never know who's going to come out. Like you know, basketball could it be Baylor? Could it be Kansas? Could it be mm-hmm. Houston? Could it be who's going to be? You know, so like that's the the intrigue is where you know with the Big Ten as big as it's gotten, you know, the four teams that they're adding from the Pac twelve. Um, 
only, I mean, three of them have been in the conversation, but the Big Ten for the most part is pretty boring. It's been Ohio State and everyone else. Yeah. Like Michigan's only just now the last couple of years changed that. But the Big Ten was Ohio State and everyone else. And they weren't even taking advantage of the brands that they had and mm -hmm. still like getting bigger and bigger. The SEC, you know, Alabama's been inevitable for 15 years, mm -hmm. right? So um, they're, they're somehow accidentally inevitable again. <laughs> you know, so. And yeah, suddenly Jalen Monroe's found it out and they just, they're a good team again. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. So we were like doing their eulogy three weeks ago, yeah. but now they're good. Yeah. Well, we could do it again. I mean, they might like somebody might figure them out down the line, but right. you know, Nick Saban's proven that like, listen, all, all of you guys that I taught how to coach, I didn't teach you everything. <laughs> I left some of it. I have, I have a secret I've, book. I left some of it just for me. <laughs> so. Yeah, these are just my plays. So yeah, exactly. So, he, uh, so, yeah, I think that that's what Brett Yormark is counting on. Whether college football fans around the globe, like, mm -hmm. buy into that, I don't know. Um, because no, like, there's not many conferences. Nobody's ever really been able to pull that off. Yeah. Before, I mean, the ACC has had two teams win it the majority of the last forty years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're not the one to like all of a sudden be like, "Hey, you never know who's going to win this." Like, oh no, we we know. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty much one or the other. Well, and I know you talked about this this week, but uh, the Big Twelve is now seemingly kind of on a more path for everyone's worst nightmare in the league, which is oh, yeah. is Texas and Oklahoma, uh, but. I mean, I was amazed. I have not been a Dylan Gabriel fan. Like, I think he's fine. I just never thought, like, he was a dude. But, Paul, like, they, they won that game. Like, they went down and won gamer. that football game. Yeah, because he's a gamer. And played – and, uh, yeah, I'm just amazed, like, again, in Texas, maybe they'll slip up one more time. And they, there's still a path for them to get to all the goals they want to. But uh, it just feels like a huge missed opportunity by the Longhorns on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, they had that game won, and then they had a clear path to the playoff, and now things are the waters are muddied again. Yeah, and the the Bryles offense that they're running was set up for that scenario. Mm -hmm. Less than all your full allotment of timeouts, just over a minute, go down the field. Yeah, like that's what it's for. Like, so they they practice exactly that way all the time. You know, um, two two and a half minute drives took too long. You know, like you. <laughs> You could have shaved thirty seconds off that if you had been if mm -hmm. you'd been truly efficient, you know. And excuse me, sorry. But yeah, there are just so many um, you know possible variables that's going to happen with the Big Twelve. I don't know, and I don't like. I don't know if everybody's going to like it. I don't know if everybody's going to like it. Like how it turns out, how it yeah, shakes like out. It, but I think it's going to be. I think it's better for the individual schools in it, and in that there's no overlord. Yeah, there's there's nobody that you're like, OK, hey, we've got this idea. I hope mm -hmm. Texas and Oklahoma like it, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, Texas gets most of the brunt of that. And I think that's true. And I think Oklahoma like to use Texas as a shield be like, well, I mean, they said no. I mean, <laughs> what, what, what are you? Gonna we, yeah, we agree with them. They said it first. Well, what are you going to do? Like, look, I wish we were in a different position. <laughs> the fact is that we're not. So, you know, like they were the good cop and, and Texas is the bad cop mm -hmm. in that. But both of them had the same interest in heart, which was this conference exists to feed us, not the other way around. Well, and there's no, I mean, it looks like there might be no video game boss on the field that you have to have a cheat code to beat. Like yeah. it, it's going to be hard in this day and age now to get people motivated and, and say, okay, there's like, there's a path here for us to be good. We're going to have to raise this much money and do these things. But if there's not one team that is just dominating everyone else, then you can always kind of sell that to your power brokers. Hey, we're not like we're not that far away. We we just saw this team make a move. We've seen this school make a move. Like if we can mobilize and get this going in the right direction, there's a way that at least for a year, a couple of years, we could be in the mix. Uh, and so that could be a good thing yeah. for the Big Twelve moving forward. I'm gonna throw this out to you, um, and I, th I think I I posited this on our show. So if you make $10 million, and then every year you have to do a bunch of these things saying, like, hey, we need a million more dollars in our NIL budget. Mm -hmm. How long before the people that are also paying your $10 million go, well, what if we just took, I mean, $2.5 million a year out of your salary and gave it to the players? <laughs> because it's not like $10 million to $7 million means you're, 
like have to change houses. Yeah. You're, <laughs> like you're eating off the floor. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not buying ramen. <laughs> yeah. And it like a sharing a four bedroom apartment with like another mm-hmm. family. Like, no, you're not doing like, you're going to be fine. So how long before the coaches have to give up some of their money? That's a good point. I didn't really thought about that scenario, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a possibility. Maybe Kentucky goes to Mark Stoops and they well, say, Hey, like, I mean, he's not made like he was not wrong. No, he's not. But he's like, making the point. Like, if you want this, that's what we got to do. Yeah, what we got to do. But also, like, you could help out with this. Mm-hmm. You know, like because when you say we don't have the money, well, we have the money to pay you. Mm-hmm. So you're asking for less money total for these people, and it's not like we're putting you in the poorhouse. Now, I understand that some of the people watching this may think I'm some sort of commie pinko liberal. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm just advocating for, you know, like, you're paying this guy this much money, and he says he wants this. And you're like, well, would you pay for it? Like, well, I'm not going to pay for it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, if instead of having, and I don't know how this would even work, but instead of having an assistant budget, like sometimes we'll hear about coaches that'll take a haircut and it's okay, I want this to go to my, so we can have a really good offense coordinator, good special teams coach, whatever the case may be. Who's the first coach that says, all right, $3,000 a piece for our 55 scholarship players, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and... I'm just giving that it's not going to sustain them for the whole year, but it's a gesture by me in good faith to like show that I'm putting my money where my mouth is too. Look, how many of them donate to projects? Like when they say they want, like Mike Norvell, I know gave a million dollars to the Willie Taggart to do like a million dollars to the, like the, the, the general fund for the The weight room or whatever it is. The weight room or whatever it was. Yeah. So like they do that. Well, I think part of the reason they do that is like they know that like listen I gave a million dollars to this weight room and then I don't have to do it again once the weight room is built. Yeah. But if you do it for the players, that's a renewable thing every year. Yes. So they're going to have to be willing to do it every single year over time again and mm-hmm. again and again and again and that's why I wonder if they're, you know, they're like right. well I really like making 12 million <laughs> because when I felt when I was making 9 that was that was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I only had 42 housekeepers mm-hmm. and now, now I have now 50. I'm 38. <laughs> My seventh bathroom is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. They don't ever get in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those things like make me wonder, like, are you, you know, are our coaches really all like our coaches really all in on NIL? Because mm-hmm. I think if they're really all in on it, it's going to mean like, well, you may need to give up some of your money too. Yeah, I mean that would be a huge, a huge moment if somebody did that. Look, I and look, I understand that I'm a pioneer. <laughs> so we've always called you I, Pioneer Paul. Yeah. If I was the head coach at a university getting ten million dollars a year, I'd say, you know what? Take two point five out of it. Put it in the NIL kitty. I want these kids to have it. Buy yourself something nice, guys. <laughs> yeah. So do that. That way we're gonna be con- like but and here's the other thing. That way you can't really complain about like, look, I've done my part. Mm-hmm. Now you if you guys match it. Yeah. So I'm giving you half of this. I want $5 million a year in the pool. Yep. I'm giving you 2.5 out of mine, which I could be taking. Now you guys just have to raise the other half. Put that guacamole on your burrito at Chipotle, boys. <laughs> it's on coach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here you go. And then, and then the players are like, well, I'm going to go pay for that guy because he's making sure mm-hmm. that there's at least a baseline as opposed to like, please, Please, sir. Can I, I have need a some more? Yeah. Can I? I need some more. <laughs> also, we'd like a new weight room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not paying for it, though. <laughs> anyway, when we come back, we did not talk about this week, so we'll do upset alert and this week. Uh, we, we veered into a better topic. So uh, a happy accident that I will take, Steve. Okay. Wonderful. A happy accident that I will take. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. 
your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. So, um, I really wish we had a camera on Jack <laughs> in the break, because I gave him the news about the Kansas penalties uh, for basketball have come down. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about basketball on this show in the spring. Uh, but... Um, the NCAA's independent accountability review process led to a downgrade in the severity of, of the five level one allegations against the program. Ultimately judging this as a level two case, the independent re- resolution panel gave a three-year probation to Kansas with no effect on the program's postseason status. Head coach Bill Self um, uh, was instead charged with a level three violation and no additional penalties. Curtis Townsend, the assistant coach, uh, also had his <laughs> charges reduced from level one to a level two and a level three with no additional penalties. Neither coach faces a show cause order, which could have been applicable for level one violations. So there you go. Just some quick breaking news. Um, you think Bill's shaking his boots right now? No, I think he, he knew this was going to happen. And here's the other thing. They're on probation and all the stuff they're on probation for is legal now. So... <laughs> it's like all the violations they made. Hey guys, <laughs> don't do that anymore. Well, I guess you can, but we're going to put a little title on you. Yeah. So there, there we go. I mean, so there, there's, there's the, Jack had his, what's the point of the NCAA moment. Mm-hmm. I had that many years ago, but had it <laughs> he's tapping it again. <laughs> He's, he's yeah, just a, what was it, Paul? Like five years ago where the NCAA just started handing out penalties and schools just started saying, no, no thank you. No, they're like, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Actually, we'll just call our lawyer. Yeah. It, it's kind of like sometimes as a parent, you'll get real mad in the moment and you'll say something that like you know you're not going to follow through on. Yeah. You're just like, you're not going to eat dinner for two days. And then you're like, well, like, that's actually not a thing that I can, <laughs> I can do. Yeah. And you know it and the kids know it, but you got to kind of, keep you united front for a minute before yeah. you cave on it. That feels like the NCAA these days. But, but your kid, when he gets that dinner the next day, is like, see, I told you. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You knew You knew if you didn't feed me, this would be bad for you and me. So <laughs> yeah. here we are again, bud. <laughs> <laughs> You're still in the war zone. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's think about those punishments. <laughs> you should have said no TV. That one would have stung. <laughs> This one, <laughs> this one, we're both we're both in hell if this happens. Yeah, yeah. not only that, I can call CPS on you for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the first things I learned as a parent. You got to feed those kids. Yeah, yeah, important. You have to every day. Parenting one hundred and one. Yeah, feed them every day. It's not like a goldfish where you like go every yeah, other. Yeah, you day. can skip a few days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, no, but anyway, that's some quick breaking NCAA news, and uh, um, so. The most joyous person in America right now is my wife, Amanda, who now doesn't have to worry about this anymore, uh, as she did the last 24 hours. <laughs> I told Were Kansas her. fans actually concerned? I one, mean, she just one, thought there was one, a possibility. One of them was. <laughs> <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> the one I see the most <laughs> was absolutely concerned. So, <laughs> um yeah, six years they investigated this to get to this point. Six years. Glad they spent all those resources on it. They spent more time on this than they did on OJ. <laughs> like, <laughs> think about that. <laughs> this... And neither case was solved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, so this week, um, let's talk upset alert, Stephen. Okay, I love it. I, I'm going to throw one out to you. All right. And you're going to think I'm crazy. Because of what the team that would upset them just did. But I'm saying North Carolina against Miami, upset alert. You got Miami, okay, you got Miami winning, or you got North Carolina on upset alert? Upset alert. They're going to watch out because here's the deal the head coach and the offensive coordinator in Congress mm-hmm. made a terribly boneheaded decision that they may never be able to wash off. 
And the next person in front of them is an undefeated top 15 or top 12 team. They're number 12 in the country who is standing in the way of them making it to the ACC title game. Yeah. Winning an ACC title for the first time since they joined the league 20 years ago mm-hmm. or almost 20 years ago. I think Miami going to go on the road. The coaching staff, at least, will be as super locked in as they ever have been because everyone in their city has been spending all week long talking about how dumb they are. Yeah, everyone in the like in the country, but especially yes, in the city. In the yeah. cities, yes, and and the Miami people are obviously upset. Uh, but you got to do something pretty bad to like be the A block on sports shows when you're playing Georgia Tech on yeah. a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, Paul, were you in Waco when the Kevin Steele UNLV situation my, happened? My parents were. Okay. And here's how I um, I remember seeing it on Sports Center. Mm-hmm. And then I called up my dad the next morning, and he he was like, "Yeah, it was the craziest thing." They didn't go to the game or anything, but they you know yeah. they knew about it. But because uh, nobody went to the games back then. <laughs> um, but in the the Waco trip used to do like the quote of the week, mm-hmm. and the quote of the week. I guess it would have been a Monday's paper, but Monsignor Mark Deering, who was the pastor at St. Louis Catholic Church, at the end of his sermon said, I just hope that our Baptist brethren can learn from us how to take a knee. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Yes. So uh, it's very good, especially, you know, since we kneel a lot. (laughs) It's kind of y'all's thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's our thing. And so he clipped it out and sent it to me in the mail. (laughs) He was like, yes, it's hilarious. But, um, yeah, so I was, I I remember it well. And I, like, I think you, like, you have to get into, like, what was dumber, like, or what was worse, because it's the same, deci- it's the exact same decision, but Baylor's happened in an instant. Yes. Miami's it, it had to the watch game. theirs. Yeah. Miami's was, had to watch theirs unfold. Garrett, were you around, like, were you around Waco at that time when that happened? Do you remember that? I, I would have been, but I didn't pay attention to Baylor or the Big 12 back then. So that was the first college football game I ever went to in my life. Really? Yes. <laughs> I was there with my mom, who's Baylor grad, and I I didn't I was like eight years old, so I didn't really understand football. Like I knew I knew what was going on, but I wasn't right. gonna like talk schematics, you know, with my second grade friends. Yeah. And so I, I just remember seeing the, the UNLV guy run down the field and the look on everyone's face, I could tell even at my young age, I was like, Oh, that something bad happened. <laughs> like something happened that wasn't supposed to happen because it looked like somebody had gotten shot. Yeah. Uh, everybody looked so shocked. And the other weird thing about that, too, like that was the not, I'm talking about Georgia Tech Miami now. That was the most nonchalant, like game winning play. There's, you know, it's in Miami. Obviously, there's no, there's no real crowd noise happening because the other team has the ball. But Haynes King just kind of rolls out. And he just kind of lollipops the ball up there. And it's like, what are you like, what are y'all doing? Like, what is the defense <laughs> doing? How is this receiver behind you? How are you letting him just lob a grenade all the way down or halfway down the field for a touchdown? Strange situation. But back to your original point. I mean, yeah, I could see it. Like, college football is random, it's strange. And usually when you have a game like that, if it's a good coach with a thing, I think Mario Cristobal, despite that very stupid decision is a good football coach. Yeah. The team the second time he said in his career, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't really learn from the mistakes. Uh, the team's either going to rally behind this or they're going to fold. Yeah. I, I think that's really I, the only two. I options. think the big challenge for, for Mario Cristobal this week is having to look like a lot of times coach would be like, listen, that loss is on me guys. Mm-hmm. That loss is on me. You know, we, we did some things and the team will, you know, that, that helps the team feel better. But you don't really even go through it. Like I remember hearing my high school coach say, "Like, well, that's that was on us. That was coaching. We made some decisions that didn't work out because we didn't, you know, really break down and go. Like, they, they were just trying to make us feel better, and it worked. Right. Trying to take but responsibility. Here, show, yeah, show leadership. Here, here's the deal. In this actual instance, it he, was his fault. The, everyone knows it was your fault. <laughs> it was your fault. Like, you, a really simple thing that we've done with you here mm. several times, <laughs> we didn't do. So I uh, like there. That's going to be the thing of building that trust back up. And you know, if they have a lead, and the other team doesn't have any timeouts mm-hmm. with less than thirty seconds left, and 
the play gets called in, Tyler Van Dyke can go, nah, nah. Me. I'm just, <laughs> just going to fall down, I'm guys. Gonna, I'm just going to take it. Like, they called this play. Uh, they might yell at us, but then the clock will run out, and, and we, we won the game. So I don't think it's going to last that long. I'll, I'll take that risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. not playing for Bud Kilmer here, so <laughs> I think it's all right. Um, yeah, just a comedy of errors. But, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. And Miami's a good – like, they're a good team. They played a yeah. horrible game against Georgia Tech. They should have escaped with a win. They somehow got – you know, well, they they made bad decisions and ended up with a loss. But uh, North Carolina's not a juggernaut. I think that's a game that could could go sideways. Yeah, but they're they look like they're getting better. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, I do. I'm curious to see what happens in the the ACC if Louisville, Florida State, and North Carolina all wind up with the same record because they don't play each other. Right. And how about Jeff Brom and Louisville? I mean, not flashy, but they're just no. And he, he's doing games. it the right way. He has to win now, mm-hmm. and he has to make Louisville cool. Right for football players, it's been cool for basketball. It's always been like, all oh, right, well, I'll go to Louisville, but like football's always been their second sport. Sure. Now that he's back there, and you know the fans who've been begging, like I think they've been begging from be the coach since he graduated. So now that he's finally there, then people are excited to get all, all. All will be all right. They can mm-hmm. finally. I think the the attitude they have in in Louisville, like his fans, are like, see, we told you guys you should have hired <laughs> Jeff Brown. <laughs> told you. They should bring Rick Pitino back as an honorary captain for a game. <laughs> That'd be great. I, I still think his lawsuit is pending. Okay, well, that, that might, that might yeah. throw a wrench in All things. Right. Who's on upset alert for you, Steven? Okay, this is not the biggest, like, not the biggest name in the world, but Paul, the Kansas Jayhawks, kind of been on a roller coaster the last few okay. weeks. Yeah. They, they get a nice win. Uh, with Jason Mean at quarterback, looks like he's probably going to play again. Oklahoma State, I don't know what they've been doing the first half of the season, but they got a nice victory against K-State. Seems like Casey Dunn just like emptied the clip, and he was like, okay, I'm going to call my good plays now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Pokes, they're, you know, they're like four-point dogs here. I think they can take down Kansas. I feel like yeah. this is a vulnerable Jayhawks team. Three, three points right now. Okay. Uh, three points right now, but – that is at Boone Pickens Stadium, mm-hmm. and that's an insanely hard place to play. Yep. Um, it is – it's – you feel – because when you're driving to Stillwater, there's just nothing around you until you get to Oklahoma State, right? Yeah. So I think part of that, like, gets in your head, and then you get in the stadium, and it's so loud. Yeah, and everyone in Stillwater's there. <laughs> yeah, and everyone is there, and, like, it is loud. They're banging the paddles mm-hmm. against the – the pad, yep. which is somehow not an artificial noisemaker. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure the clarity on that rule. But, but it, it's, well, I mean, look, they could be doing it with their hands, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that they just let them have the paddles because they're like, well, you know. We'll, we'll let that slide. What's, yeah. what's the difference? But they're banging the paddles on that pad, and that's right behind you on the sideline. So after you've had a bad drive and you just need to, like, okay, I need to sit down and think. Just I need, just need to sit down and think for a second. You're just hearing. It's just constant. You know, it's like if you're trying to sleep, you ever had like your fan click mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. I get like you can't like you, you think you fix it and it stops for a second and it starts again. And you don't know what's clicking. Like, I think that's the, the that's sensation. The feeling. Yeah. Paul, I have an I have a tech idea. Are you okay. ready for this? Yes. Okay. So the ESPN app, they should yeah. do this. They should put out upset alerts like Amber alerts. So it just if if a if a. You know, an underdog is leading in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, your phone just starts going off. You're just beeping, and you're like, what is this? Oh, look, Miami's beating North Carolina. I need to get to the TV right now. Yeah. That's my that's my idea. I don't know how you pull it off. Or you, or you put, like, you just go right to the Watch ESPN app. Yes. You just go, boop, okay, I need to Boom. see this. Upset alert. I got it straight to my phone. I'm watching the game now. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Trademark. Steve yeah. Simcox. You did it on this show, so we get 40%. That's right. I'm coming after you, Apple. 40%. We get 40%. Good deal. Definitely. 40%. 40. Jack, you in for 40%? Yeah, he did not. Uh, I, okay. I just took Jack's share. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how secession works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there we go. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, though. I mean, because you can get, like... There are apps that like will send you like the score alerts or mm-hmm. maybe even upset alert like that's there, but it doesn't take you right to the app. No, need yeah. notification immediately. Get to your phone now. Yeah, hmm. this could this could be like they ESPN had had the idea of 
their app being the hub for all college sports streaming. Mm. So like, even if you have to go into their app and then go out of the app, then they're the hub for it. Because already on their website, they tell you what station the game is on. Right. So I think the other ones were like, I mean, that's, that's a fine idea. <laughs> but, but we would we, like, yeah, we would like we, people to come to our thing too. Yeah, we would like them to come to our app first. <laughs> we feel like this is the first step in you tricking us into giving you those rights. <laughs> <laughs> like after it's, seven yeah. years, we're common law married and we can't get out of it. It's now eFox. <laughs> yeah. So Here's, here, why, is, why is Tim Brando calling this game on ESPN? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, and plus they, all these companies hate each other's guts. Yeah. So, I, I do think that like, there's a like that the app would be, the scores, and then it just lists where it is, and then you make sure you log into all those apps on your phone, your iPad, your device, and then you just go boop, go right, right to there it. There it is. Yeah, Paul, do you have another upset alert for me? Uh, another upset alert for you. I'm gonna throw out, uh, this this one right here, a little bit less than, but. Arizona's been playing everybody close. Yeah. They're going to Wazoo. Washington State's an eight-point favorite. Yes, eight-point favorite. I'd be, I'd be on the lookout if I'm anybody playing Arizona in the next couple weeks. It okay. feels like they're trying, like they're about to break through and get a get a big win for Jed Fish there. So I I will. Yeah, still not sure how they lost that USC game. Uh, I think it went to triple overtime. But Wildcats. Caleb Williams. Yeah. Wild, <laughs> Wildcats are playing well. Yeah. Um, I could see that. Wazoo having a good season, get tripped up by an Arizona team. That would sting for them. But um, yeah, Fitch has that team playing playing solidly right now. Yeah. All right. Do you have another one? I don't really. I mean, I was looking. I, I thought about Notre Dame USC, but I think Notre Dame's actually the betting favorite in that the three point ball game. Okay. And so it's it, at home. So. It didn't really work. But USC doesn't, as you said before, they don't really play defense. Yeah. So I I like Sam Hartman and Notre Dame in that game. Yeah. But they're the favorites in that one. Um, it's going to make me change something for later on in the show. That would be uh, a, a great segment if I just picked favorites. <laughs> That's like my bold, bold <laughs> predictions, and I just picked teams that were fav- heavily favored. Yeah. I am going on a limb and saying Georgia beats Vanderbilt this week. <laughs> Vanderbilt better be on blowout alert. <laughs> I think everybody better be on blowout alert against Georgia from like from here on out. Batting down the hatches, Nashville. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, Georgia suddenly looks good. I mean, they look like the death machine that we've been promised at this point. Yeah, you know what it is? Like, I do think they were bored. And I think they need to get scared a couple times. And then Kirby Smart has he's, – he's very good at psychologically manipulating mm-hmm. those, yeah, those kids. And I'm, I know that that's a harsh way to say it. No, he but, uses propaganda. They literally thought somebody picked them to go five and seven last year. Yeah. <laughs> like, that wasn't a real thing that happened, but they no. were talking about it. No, he's, like, totally Fox Newsing up their <laughs> whole brain. Like, just absolutely. He just, he just got Georgia students, like, making fake TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> and they broadcasting in the locker room. Yeah. Look at this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird. And the thing is, what people will believe is real media. You know, um, I was I was covering the Cowboys, and um, a player for the Seahawks, whose name escapes me, even though I've interviewed him like four times in Super Bowls after this, uh, hurt his neck, and he's he walks now, he's fine, but he mm-hmm. like it was scary. There was someone who tweeted from like that worked for you know Tom Landry's Socks dot com. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know that. Garrett, get that domain if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TomLandryWhatever.com, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, I saw Des Bryant laughing about this." And, oh yeah, who and was so, that? I know that receiver. But and I can't so think of anyway, that. we uh, get to the locker room, and Des is absolutely on just a rager. Like the minute people walk to his locker, mm-hmm. he's already like ready to go. But like, how can the media say this? How can the media say that? And it's like all these people he sees every single day, <laughs> like write things, and they're like, "What? What did we say? <laughs> can you like? We haven't you, had our collective meeting are you, yet, Des. Are you, are you, could you fill us in? Are you just? Um, but like, Des would go. He went at ha- it happened before halftime. He would go get on his phone at halftime, which the Cowboys never stopped making him do. <laughs> and then he would like read tweets about himself oh, no. at halftime, which is not a healthy thing to do no, not at really. any point really in your life, but especially in the midst of a game. <laughs> and 
he just believed that this guy was one of us. And we were like, he's not here. He was like, and I think it was Clarence Hill was like, I think that guy's in his basement, Des. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not, like, that's not us. Like, he, he wasn't in the press box. He's not here. Like, I promise you, of all the people, like, everybody call out. Are you Tom Landry's socks on Twitter? <laughs> No, <laughs> we don't even know what you're talking about. But if you believe David it, Moore's like, <laughs> you guys found my burner. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, it was such a bizarre thing. But again, it doesn't matter what you do. If the team believes it, then it worked. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, if it, if it motivates and it motivates, unfortunately for Kentucky, it seems like Georgia always figures out against them. <laughs> yes. It's like Kentucky rolls in. Hey, Kentucky's like 24th in the nation. They're having a nice season. And then Georgia's like, all right, we're going to pound you into dust and then yeah. we're going to leave. Oh, like you walk in and like, they've just been eating raw meat for a <laughs> week and been stuck in cages. <laughs> You're sending a basketball school after us. <laughs> yeah. We'll show you something. Yeah. Just <laughs> d- defensive linemen over there, like eating rib, like, like a rib. <laughs> like off the bone. All right. When we come back, Steven, based on the Rangers and their very hokey uh, superstition that worked, mm-hmm. we're going to play a game. I'm going to let you set, set it up for people. We'll play a game. We'll see if we can find a, a college football fad that this fits. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome in back to the Triple Option. Steven, let's play this game you came up with, and we're going to try to find the fads. Yeah, so... uh, I know not everybody's following baseball, but the Texas Rangers on a nice little run right now. And it was discovered like a few days ago, Jared Sandler's part of the radio network does a really good job. He found out that the team listens to Creed, the band Creed before games, which I don't think would be the first choice of most like pump up music, but it's worked for this group. And then last night at the Ranger game, they had the fans doing a Creed sing along. And I was going around my house yesterday, just annoying the heck out of my family because I just kept singing, can you take me higher? And that's like the only part of the song I know. And then like the guitar riff that's like, I've always wondered what he wanted from golden streams. (laughs) Makes me wonder about Scott Stapp. But his his interests, (laughs) the things that he's into. Yeah. What does he do when he's not (laughs) creeding? You know, when he's but, just hanging, relaxing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not sure. Uh, but I've never, like, I've never had an opinion about Creed. They're kind of like Nickelback. Like, they're a popular band, but people are just, they like to hate on them because yeah. they got a weird voice and they're strange. Uh, but now I'm, I, I'm like all in on Creed music. I was listening to it this morning when I was making breakfast. So I'm sure I, they appreciate that. Yeah, kids loved it. They were, yeah. <laughs> my seven year old was like, heck yeah, dad, <laughs> Creed. Let's just get the day started. <laughs> Uh, do you have any Switchfoot in the mix, too? <laughs> uh, but I wanted to know, have you ever adopted anything strange as like a superstition or gotten on a trend or a fad because of your favorite sports team? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Like the Angels had the rally monkey. Yeah, the Angels had the rally monkey. This happens a lot in baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball's a long season, and in, the, in that kind of like psychological warfare you have to do, yes. you need stupid things to like – get you through yeah. the 162 games mm-hmm. and then the playoffs. Right. Um, uh, 
The Red Sox haven't really had a thing like that. Sweet Caroline, I've like. Yeah, that's, just of, a, that's a hokey thing they that's do. a hokey thing that they do. Um, um, you know, I got in a kick, honestly, where after I saw Burt Reynolds at an FSU game, I watched like 12 Burt Reynolds movies <laughs> in a month. <laughs> because I thought like, like this is gonna be our good like I'd be like, hey, good luck charm. Good luck charm. We're gonna watch Cannonball Run. We're gonna we're gonna watch um you know, I mean like bad stuff like Sam Whiskey. Were you really, a fan of Bert before that? Listen, everyone should be a fan of Bert. But yes, mm -hmm. I was like when I was okay. growing up, I always liked him. Like the, and the thing is I hadn't seen many of his movies when I was a kid. The one I remember was one called Switching Channels, which is not a good movie, but its message was a little ahead of its time. Mm. Uh, it was a comedy. It was really stupid. But I remember Bert from that. But I mostly remember him from Evening Shade when he had a, a sitcom. But, yes, I was a, a Bert fan. And then when we, an FSU person, he became my spirit animal. <laughs> so he's the <laughs> he he's was, the person you model yourself after. Model yeah, yourself look, after? Here's the deal. If you can live like Burt Reynolds should totally live like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> if it's possible, yeah. You know, the modern-day Burt Reynolds is Matthew McConaughey. I never made that connection. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, He's he very much lives by that ethos. Although, now he's veered into a bit of motivational speaking, which is fine. Whatever. I mean, he's got good advice to give. But, mm. but like, Burt, you know. Was McConaughey at Red River? Was he at that game? Oh, yeah, he was there. Okay. I mean, yeah. Absolutely, there. Did he go to the University of Texas, or is yes, he just? Okay. He did. He did. He didn't just adopt them because he's from that area. No. He did. Like, where, like graduated. It might have been like one of those things, like after. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he went there. Yeah. So he. Um, yeah, Trent. So TCU had the Hypnotoad last year, yeah. which originally was a Futurama reference that <laughs> yeah. they adopted. Yeah. And did some weird things with. Um, Garrett, I, has, have you ever gotten anything because of LSU or anything like that? I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, you had the rally possum a few years back when the baseball team took on Arkansas, and you had the okay. possum right out yeah. on the field. Uh, like, football, I would definitely say every time there's a big win, probably go on Twitter, do the call in Baton Rouge, you know, the whole Garth Brooks mm -hmm. thing. Did but, you get into the get the gat thing? Uh, I think that was a little pat. I mean, I love the videos. I went out yeah. there get the gat, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> yeah. if need be, we can, might do that. <laughs> yeah. Garrett just in his house in Robinson doing the get the gat. Dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you a superstitious sports person, Paul? I used to be, I'm not anymore, you know, I, but there was a time where I, I would be like, listen, let's not mess this up. And it's mm -hmm. weird. Funny. You asked me that is that I was just with my best friend when we were in Orlando at UCF and, um, I've blamed him for years, for years, for putting the Woosah. Florida State was playing Notre Dame mm -hmm. uh, in, in Tallahassee, and it was a tight game early on. And so we get, like, get through the first quarter, and um, you know, the, Chris Ricks is the quarterback, and he had a really bad problem with turnovers. Like, he had a problem with turnovers like um, – Keith Richards had a problem with drugs. Like, it was, <laughs> it was that bad. It was part of his identity. Well, yeah, part of that, like, a whole thing. So um, it's about three minutes gone in the second quarter, and Ryan goes, man, I, I mean, we didn't score, I know, but that was an efficient first quarter, didn't turn the ball over. As he says those words, the ball comes out of Chris Ricks' hand and into the waiting arms of a Notre Dame defender who was literally alone on that side of the field. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a Florida State receiver over there. Chris Ricks just decided – you know what? I need a turnover. Papa's got to get his fix, <laughs> I guess. And pick six. And so now it's been for, too long, man. for 20 years, <laughs> he's been like, yeah, that was my fault. So, yeah. Like, yeah. And that part of me thinks it might still be. But no, I'm not as superstitious anymore. Mm -hmm. let's, let's go to the chat and see if they, if they have any, like, stupid superstitions. Yes. Thank you for not making me do that. Uh, yeah, a few years ago at a Baylor game, Baylor TCU game, actually, it was a not, Baylor won in overtime, but it was like nine to six in regulation. And I think Gary Patterson probably still watches that film with a beer in his uh, hand. Pirate stuff for Texas Tech. Okay. Like people, yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. With the leech connection. <laughs> the, the eye patch said Creed, Nickelback, and Nine Inch Nails is strip club music. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't think that's the club I want to frequent, but it's good to know. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Like, there are, I'm trying to think of what um, AM had a thing a couple years ago that I remember. 
Did but your again, Florida, they have so many. Yeah. Did your Florida State t-shirt come in? The t-shirt you ordered on this very show? The, uh, it has not yet. The uh, the king, whatever. The, yeah, the Tiger King one. Tiger King one, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, it did not. It not the one I got shamed into buying. Yes. yes. Yeah. So no. still waiting on. Okay. So okay. still waiting on that one. So yeah, I'm just curious if my is like superstitions is a, is a fascinating thing in sports, but it's also just weird. Like this Creed thing was completely organic, and now Rangers fans are just all about it. They're all about the band Creed. Yeah. Um, can I make an admission here in the safety of the internet? Of course. I said it on the show yesterday, but in the safety of the internet. I have paid $30 in my life to see Creed live, <laughs> which at the time was two different Creed shows. So I would rather this be one Creed show. But I went on Friday night, and then there was a girl I liked. She wanted to go. So I went again on Saturday. You got the double feature. Did they change up the set at all? Uh, no, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. They, I mean, they're from Tallahassee, so okay. Like they, they were there playing. They played at Floyd's, which is a. I don't know if Floyd's is still there or if it's something else now. Mm-hmm. They played at Floyd's. They played it Friday and they played a Saturday show. And uh, yeah, I don't mind Creed. It's just not a band that I've really listened yeah. to before. I like. Here's what I know about Creed: is like Limp Biscuit apologized for them. <laughs> Like, because they, like, made them their opening act, and then Scott They're Stapp like, and Fred Durst, like, got in a bit of a, you know, a, a, a tete-a-tete. And, you know, when you have, like, a guy that's like, as classy as Fred Durst <laughs> saying, you know what, I understand that I'm a scumbag, but this guy, <laughs> it's just pretentious. <laughs> it made me wonder. So, made, I also remember yeah. when they played the Cowboys uh, the halftime, halftime show. Thanksgiving show. Famous halftime with show. With the... Uh, it's the gift now. Yeah, the they were acrobat, like which trapeze artist running around. Yeah, this didn't make any sense. It's very strange. Yeah, um, you, you've been to a lot of those Cowboys Thanksgiving shows, right? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yes. Two of them in a row were Kenny Chesney. Any of them that you remember that were particularly good, or were they all kind of um, mediocre to bad? Megan Trainer wasn't bad. Okay, know? wouldn't expected that, but all right. Um, I have mixed feelings about Pitbull. Um, that one was at least kind of fun, you know, but I'm not a, I'm not what you'd call a pit bull fan. Well, checks and out. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we had a buddy named Q who used to do radio with us. He now has gone on to doing radio nationally, but he loved pit bull. Yeah. And like when he told me he was a pit bull fan, I thought he was joking because I had never met a pit bull fan. I had heard a lot of pit bull music on the radio. I hear it in gyms. Yeah. I know. Spin I mean, classes. I know that it's popular music, but I'd never heard anybody be like, it's like if somebody told me they're a black eyed peas fan, I'd be like, no, you're not like that doesn't exist. Like I know their music's I, everywhere. I, I've seen them at a halftime show as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he was legitimately like all about, all about pit bull at, at AT&T stadium at the Super Bowl. The Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Well, that was the the only like cool part about that halftime show is that before the game, Zach Burke and I were like walking through the lower level of AT&T Stadium there. Uh-huh. We've been there. Yeah. And so that's where the, the auxiliary media area was like in a just a corner there of the you know open space. There was just many open spaces. And I saw Slash, who played on the halftime show. And I was like, oh, what's up, Slash? And I like high-fived him. And he's like, hey, man, how you doing? And I was like, well, great. And then we just kept walking. And Zach was like, man, you made it seem, do you think Slash thinks he knows you? I'm like, no, I think he just high-fives people all day long. Yeah. <laughs> He's just Slash, like, yeah, this guy. Slash decided to make me feel good <laughs> as a person. <laughs> like, <laughs> my know. pal over here. Yeah. Then we went and got in an elevator with just Rich Eisen and Josh Demel. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Is like one of those things where you, usually when you're on an elevator at Cowboy Stadium, it's 30 people, yeah. but like, we like we're like oh we'll just get the next one. The next one came. It was just the two of us standing there, and then like Rich Eisen and Josh Demel like walked in behind us, and we just sat there in the corner like listening to their conversation. You didn't like, say su- anything to him. No, like Super Bowls are weird. <laughs> <laughs> you see all kind of random things. I saw Guy Fieri and Jesse Jackson having a very heated discussion about the game, <laughs> and it's something I like. I thought it was an actual dream. Like, yeah, that's those are syllables that I never thought would go together. Words I never thought would go together. I mean, like, you just guy here going, "No way, Pittsburgh's gonna win, man." <laughs> Civil rights leader and Flavor Town guy, <laughs> yeah, just talking ball. And Jesse Jackson's like, "No, no, 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 no." My man Aaron Rodgers got this. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah, that was the ice week, right? Yeah, it was terrible the whole thing. But yeah, so. <laughs> 
Anyway. Yeah, it was a terrible week. We were not prepared at all in Texas. Yeah. For that ice so, yeah, Pip, yeah, Pitbull, I'm trying to think of who else. Like, that seemed Luke Bryan. I don't know. No, but, like, it's never been somebody I'm like, oh, my gosh, I yeah. can't wait. For You're up there in the front row with the kids. It's like, no. let's go. No, most of the time, like the first couple times in the press box, like people sitting around me were like, oh, he's forgotten that Kenny Chesney's going to be here. <laughs> I'm going to wait until he reacts to this. And then I'm like, yeah. I'm trapped. Like, I can't go anywhere. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, everywhere you, like, there's not a quiet, like, the right. press box is the quietest place I can be uh -huh. for it. If I walk out in the hallway, it's way louder. You know, I can't go outside. <laughs> You're just riding the industrial elevator for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, you guys need help with these plates? <laughs> I'm game. So, no. All right, that's going to do it for us. Steven, see you next Wednesday. I hope. I hope nothing comes you, up Paul. between now and then. This was very fun. It was a good time. I, I hope it was fun for our viewers and our, and our listeners as well. I hope so, too. But if it wasn't, I don't really care. Yeah, this, again, <laughs> we're going to do it all again. It's my show, you know. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make it we're gonna make it work. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good.